starting with Dr. Michael Guillen, who one of my favorite episodes of all time, and I believe it was 372. But just to get back to the conversation we were having, you know, as we talked about in in our first episode and in your book, you know, you know, it was like sleep is a waste of time. I got to study while I'm walking. So to me, it's like you just said, I, you know, you have a difficult time putting out one a week. This is what I do. And to me, if I'm not putting out seven a week, then what am I doing? Like yeah. I have the dream has come true. But for all the new listeners, um, please introduce yourself, Dr. Gian. Well, uh, I know, Tom, first of all, Tommy, it's just great to see you. It has been too many episodes. Mm, you know, well. Really, you, yeah, I just I, 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 just love talking with you. And uh, uh, yes, I'm Dr. Michael Gillen or Dr. Guillen. It's Spanish, Spanish is Guillen, English it's Gillen, either way. Uh, I was born in East Los Angeles and had the dream of becoming a scientist. And um, odd because I'd never met a scientist in my life. And if you've ever been to East LA, it's, you know, it's the wrong side of the tracks. It's a very poor area. It's a Mexican barrio. I'm five-eighths Mexican, two-eighths Spanish and Cuban, and one-eighth Austrian. Go figure. <laughs> but uh, not sure how that one-eighth got it. No, I do know how that one-eighth got it. But uh, <clears throat> that dream took me from East L.A. to UCLA to Cornell, where I got my Ph.D. in physics, math, and astronomy, and then went on to Cornell, I mean, uh, Harvard, where I taught physics for about eight or nine years. And uh, at that same time, was hired by ABC News. Um, and so it became their science editor for about 14 years, and then the rest is history. I mean, we can, uh, but it's crazy. And, you know, I, I don't remember, did you... Did you email us to invite me on your show? How did we meet? I, so, I'm not trying to remember. It, it's kind of weird. It's Have you seen the movie Inception? Uh, no. Not important. There's one line from it where they're they're in a dream, <laughs> and the entire thing is about, like, it's like a, they go into people's dreams and stuff, but there's one line from it where they're, like, sitting at a cafe, and it's, like, the mentor with, like, the student. And he's like, what's the one thing about a dream? And it's like, you never remember how you got there. And the girl's like, okay. And he goes, how did we get to this cafe? And she's like, we were, and then it dawns on her. She goes, are we dreaming right now? And he's like, we're like, and they're like in the government facility. How did I find you? There are so many guests that I have, but I'm just like, where did it come from? It just, where did it, Hey, that was the title of my uh, series on the history channel. Okay. Where did... I, I host, I hosted a weekly a primetime series on the history channel called, where did it come from? So that, where did I come from? They, where did we come from? They just kind of, it's like a unwritten back character. It kind of, but I can only imagine that it, it's by the same way I find all my guests and it's just carpet bombing emails just see who responds and then i grab one and and then i always oh. hit it off with that person so i can only imagine i emailed you probably because i well your first book which i'll put in the description or the first book i listened to of yours the end of life as we know it which is oh right uh, yeah a take a, a look at the uh the, the cliff of ai transhumanism and really just kind of the great beyond this technological singularity that we are seemingly hurtling towards with yeah. With no seatbelts on. I think that's how. <laughs> that's a good way to put it, actually. Oh, boy, no seatbelts, no airbags, no windshield. No windshield. <laughs> no. We're just out there wagging in the wind. I mean, oh, it, there's a windshield, but it's not glass. It's painted. It's painted black. <laughs> painted. I love the, I, you know what? I, I'll go along with that. It's, um, you know, and, and that book came out, I think, what, about two, three years ago? 
And what what's interesting, Tommy, because yeah, you're right. Now that was that book that brought us together. And of course, your generation is in for it even more than mine. Because you know, we're we're kind of on the way out. You're kind of on the your generation's on the way in. Sure. So you're gonna get this full blast in stereo. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting now, two, three years after the book has been published, and every single thing that I have written in that book has come true. Uh, you know, like uh, there's in the section on the Internet, which I think is the first section. It's mm-hmm. where I talk about how did the Internet come about. <laughs> every, I, what is it, four sections, and every section has like, I don't know, three or four chapters and the first chapter is always what I call memory lane because I want I want to explain to the reader, how did we get to the Internet? How did we get to genetic engineering? How did we get to facial recognition? In other words, for people your age who may not be as studious as you are and as well-informed and well-educated as you are, I wanted them, to, you know, it, this took decades, centuries in some cases for us to get here. Yeah. to where we are, yeah. right? In the case of the internet, I started with the uh, with a megaphone. I mean, it really, if you think about mm-hmm. what the internet is all about, the internet is all about amplifying your voice, right? The reason we're able to speak right now, you're in Maryland, right? I'm in Texas, but we're able to speak like we're in the same room mm-hmm. because of the internet. But if you think about what the internet really is, it's it's a way of amplifying your voice so they can be heard all over the world. Well, what was the first amplification uh, technology ever invented? The megaphone, <laughs> the megaphone. <laughs> or maybe it was the hands, cupping the hands. Hey, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, right? It's the first, yeah. You're right, because I remember when I was a kid growing up uh, in LA, my mom, you know, when the sun was going down, it was time to eat. Michael, it's time to come home. And she would cup her hands, you know, but the, that led to the megaphone. Sure. And then that led to the, you know, the, the, the telephone and, and so forth. So anyway, I take it, I take the reader through memory lane, right up to uh, the point where um, I talk about who invented the internet and why. And everything I talked about in that book, Tommy, about how the internet is now trying to police speech. I talk about it in the book. And this was like three years. So I feel like I'm Karnak the Magnificent. You know, I, I tell my wife, look at Laurel, Laurel, that, that's what I talk about in the book, you know, and I, I can, I can become a little obnoxious, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, but it's, I carry it too far, but it's true. Well, it's, it's, you know, facial you, recognition, all of that. I talk about that in the book and it's all come true. Well, you know, you, you open the book with, you know, talking about policing of speech and censorship yeah. and, you know yeah. what what a what a what a beautiful or not beautiful i guess but you know uh timely thing to talk about is so this is the third episode in the post youtube era as i have been permanently banned from youtube oh really i, oh, had, I didn't know that I what had, happened i had on the uh episode 495 i had on the inventor of the mrna vaccine dr robert okay. malone cuz i right. figured if I'm going to talk about these things and yeah. for everyone list, Oh, it's any, everyone I know and love has the vaccine. And I got into medical school and pharmacy school and published research in toxicology. So don't come at me with that anti-vax BS. Right. I wanted to talk to this individual because 
I mean, it's it's an mRNA vaccine that is dealing with a global pandemic, the first one since 1918. To me, it yeah. was just a, a big guest. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's had him on, and he was very adamant about people under 50 not getting it. I also had on Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published cardiologist in world history, who's been on here twice now. Dr. McCullough... You know, he has his advices on who should get it and who shouldn't. The point is, is he came on a second time and he said, uh, and his father in his 80s uh, survived COVID because Dr. McCullough treated him. Dr. McCullough testified before the Senate last year and has spearheaded the early treatment approach along with Dr. George Fareed, who came on here yesterday for the second time, a Harvard virologist and I think internist who's who has treated over 8,000 COVID patients in California with a 99.99% survival rate of all ages. Yeah. The point of me saying all of this is, is Dr. McCullough recommended people take four, four vitamins that not even drugs, vitamins you can get at Walmart, quercetin, wow. vitamin D, zinc, and turmeric. And... <clears throat> He sent me the links to these. Th- he sent me the links to these because I forgot to put them in the episode, and so I went back to edit it and I realized I was like, ah, oh, I'm kind of, I'm just putting them in at the end. So I was like, so what I did is I literally sat down before the gym one morning, like no shirt, like you know, not, nothing even the good camera, and I was just like, hey, I forgot to upload these. Um, so these are four things that uh, Dr. McCullough said to take, you know, and I even specifically said, not pro, not any vaccine. These are just four things you can take if you or your loved ones are over fifty. I have guests who are over fifty. My parents. Over. I'm like, just take these. It's like seven bucks a month at Walmart. All right, guys, take care. One of these, you know, with a little more colorful language as I did. Yeah, 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 I hear you. I got an email, which I've gotten before for interviewing these world-renowned physicians about you have been spreading medical misinformation that directly contradicts the World Health Organization, a.k.a. the Chinese Communist Party. And then I got a second email because that was most, I think you get three strikes. This was like my fifth strike. And because I just won't shut up, but it was, yeah. we have removed your YouTube channel because, quote, uh, you are making YouTube a uh, an unsafe and dangerous place of misinformation and hate, which I was yeah. unaware that talking about vitamins at Walmart was that. But, you know, the point of me saying all of that, aside from a woe is me, because who doesn't stroke their ego, is you're correct in your book, The Police yeah. of Thought and Speech. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we go. So sorry for that little side yeah. tangent, but no, no, no. Please don't apologize because I'm horrified. I'm, I'm really. It's interesting because, and I have a copy of the book right up, and I'm almost tempted to reach up and get it and quote it from my book, but I don't need to do that. People can get the book. Can uh, what did I call it? At the end of life as we know, we know it. Yeah. Right. And read it for themselves. But in that book, and I believe it was in the epilogue of the internet section where I talked about, uh, do you police from the top down or do you police from the top up? Uh, And at that time when I was writing the book, which would have been, the book came out about two, three years ago. I was writing it about a year or so before that. So this was just when Facebook, Facebook was trying to figure out, okay, how do I call it? I call the internet the wild, wild web. And I compared it to the wild, wild West and how the wild, wild West was tamed and so I was talking about how Zuckerberg and others were trying to spitball ways in which to bring, quote unquote, law and order to the wild, wild web. And I talked about <clears throat> at that time they were they were talking about top down, bottom up solutions, top down being really what's going on now, where you have somebody some anonymous people up here at the top just clamping down on people they disagree with. 
and, and labeling them, you know, uh, spreaders of misinformation or bottom up where you invite basically everybody on the internet to, ch to squeal on somebody. Hey, you know, Tommy said this and Tommy said you should, can't, you know, well, you can imagine, you don't have to be a rocket scientist <clears throat> to figure out that neither of those solutions are very great. I mean, you know, top down, bottom up, um, it, 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 they're equally horrifying. And what's interesting is, and I think this is true, uh, check me, um, my, you know, I have a podcast called Science Plus God, not Science and God, Science Plus Science. I couldn't help. See, hey, by the way, I got, look at this. You're going to be very proud of me. Look at that. I even got Science my own. Hey, <laughs> you made it to the big leagues now. Uh, you know what? It was a Christmas gift from the folks at K-Love. But I was thinking the other day, gee, maybe, you know, Tommy's got his sweatshirts. Start and, uh, you know, maybe Science Dr. G has God. his. <laughs> hey, anyway, go for it. So I have, um, I, I do weekly, like you say, you do daily. God bless you. I mean, I, that's, I know how much work is involved in that. Uh, I do weekly and new episodes drop every Tuesday. So I have a brand new one coming out today. It's very interesting that you and I are talking about it. And I do believe that today it's called, the, the podcast is called um, Science, Christianity, and Cancel Culture. Go figure. I think that's, I think that's the one. Um, Laurel, if you could, no, she's not here. Doggone it. If somebody could check out your way. <clears throat> but I, I talk about precisely what we're discussing right now, where I think, uh, can you check to see if my Science Plus God episode today is Science, Christianity, and Cancel Culture? I believe that's the one. So my trusty wife is going to go check for us, Tommy. And, uh, <clears throat> but look, what I talk about in the podcast is from the point of view of a scientist, from the point of view of a Christian, Cancel culture is horrifying. It is like science's worst nightmare. It is Christianity's worst nightmare. And you don't need to be a scientist or a Christian to say the same thing, right? Sure. Yes. So my wife, that's, that's the, that's, and I, by the way, I don't call them podcast. You call them episodes. Some people call them podcasts. I wanted to come up with something a little more different. So I call them journeys. All right. I, I call each of my episodes a journey. Why? Because you see, I see you, I see me, my wife, the people who listen to my podcast. I also have it on video so you can either listen to it or watch it or both. I call them my fellow travelers. I call you a fellow traveler because you know why? We're all in this together, Tommy. We're all kind of whizzing through life, surrounded by this deeply mysterious universe and we're all just trying to figure it out. What is this all about? What is? Where am I? It's like you know. It just, I'm on a rock. You look at the rising sun, and you're like, "That's just a, that's just a nuclear explosion." I'm just walking around with a posable thought. Doctor Gian and I are talking right now. We have these weird, these weird like, f like flesh pockets on the side of our heads that pick up the sound waves, and we're just. I mean, really, what's going? I was just looking earlier, and I was thinking, like, I've got gel in my hair, and I was like, it looks like Dr. Gein's hair is slicked back, and like a passing yes. thought was like, we're just these apes with like oil on top of our heads because uh. it's socially acceptable. We don't even think twice of it, right? I go I get ready for the podcast, I shave, brush my teeth, put a little stuff in my hair, and I'm like, we just don't think anything of it. But it's just, yeah, no, really, what is going on? <laughs> just... What is going on? And um, I say that because. 
I, I came up with a phrase the other day, and I think I'm going to post it. I'm just, I'm picking the right time to do it. But this phrase came into my mind, and it's very apropos of what we're talking about, Tommy. And by the way, I, I just have to say, once again, for the record, how impressed I am with you, how proud I am of you. You see, you, your journey typifies what I'm talking about. Sure. You know? Some journey, we're all in this journey of life. We're all fellow travelers, okay? Some journeys are, take a very predictable course, you know? You grow up, um, you go to school, you go to college, you go to maybe get a job or you get married or you go to grad school, whatever. Very predictable kind of a uh, journey. And then others are not. Yours has not been predictable. But you're on a wonderful journey. And, you know, I don't know where it's leading. You don't know where it's leading. I believe because I believe in God. He knows. My prayer for you, Tommy, truthfully, because I just have a soft spot in my heart for you, is that your journey will lead not to your dreams, but to your destiny. It's a very different thing. And I have a whole podcast on that. I won't get into it now. But you see, you're, you know, I have a 22-year-old son. He's on his own journey. And I've always respected that. I've not, I've never, I've always been very careful not to impose my beliefs on my son. He knows what I believe. Sure. He respects sure. me and he respects what I believe. You know, he he's 22 years old. Yeah. Okay. Doing his uh, Yeah. And, and, and he's just trying to be, he's going through college right now. He's got a girlfriend. He's, he's got his own life. He was here recently visiting us for the summer. It was just magical having him here. I just hated saying goodbye. Hopefully we'll see him in about a month or so. And um, I just realized when I saw him, he's not that baby anymore. He's not that little kid. And I, he and I were having this great conversation. I said, you know, when you were a little guy, I said, I could, I could say, all right, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Or if you, you know, if you made a bad decision, hey, it's time out. Go to your bedroom. Let's talk about it later. Can't do that anymore. And so I respect that. I respect your journey. I don't know how we got on this conversation, but I, let's get back to cancel culture. What is it? This has everything to do with cancel culture. Why? Because you have people out there. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they think. We don't know what their worldviews are. We don't know what their opinions are, their personal feelings. We don't know what their experiences have been. And they are dictating, literally dictating what can and cannot be said in the public square. And that is just wrong all on all levels. As a scientist, it goes completely against the scientific method, mm -hmm. which is all about creating a climate in which people can have fierce disagreements sometimes. I mean, scientists, as you know, can go, go at it tooth and, tooth and nail. Fantastic. By all means, science that's the disagreements are the engine of science. Yes. That's what drives science forward, right? That's why we have iPhones and, and 4K cameras and microphones. It. It's because scientists have argued with each other over the centuries. I <clears throat> I just finished this morning recording a, a podcast about <clears throat> Isaac Newton. And Isaac Newton was he disagreed with the scientific establishment and he made history. He 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 propelled science forward from the Aristotelian physics we had lived with for 2000 years to the Newtonian physics. And then Einstein and, and his people came along and advanced us from that. Why? Because they disagreed with the, with the dogma of their day. 
they disagreed with it, but they didn't try to, they, the, the, maybe the dogma or the consensus try to cancel them. That's very anti-scientific. So today's cancel culture is anti-scientific, number one, because it creates a climate of intimidation and of fear where you're afraid to speak out you're afraid to disagree with the with the consensus of the day, whoever just determines that. But it's also anti-Christian because if you think about it at its core, cancellation culture is very arrogant. It, there's no, nothing hum, humble about it, and it's very unforgiving. Mm. You know, somebody somebody could have been brave, exceptionally brave exceptionally self-sacrificing, exceptionally brilliant. But if they said or did one thing that offends the, what I call the cancellation mob, boom, they want to be taken down. That's not Christian. In Christianity, I remember in the Bible, at one point, uh, somebody asks, comes up to Jesus, says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus basically says, you know, seven times 70. In other words, forgive, 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 forgive. Just keep forgiving and keep loving. Why? Because if there is no forgiveness and no love in this world, Tommy, then we're all doomed. I mean, we're all doomed because we're all imperfect. We're all going to tick each other off. We're all going to say something at some point along the way that's going to offend each other. So if there's no love and no forgiveness, we're going to just cancel each other out. There's going to be nothing left. And so cancel culture is both anti-scientific and anti-Christian. One last anecdote. You know that scene in the Bible where this mob, I call it the cancellation mob of its day, is about to stone an adulteress because that's what they did in those days, right? And Jesus stepped into that scene and he changed everything because that scene was typical of their day and age. It's what's going on right now. So you see Twitter or what what do you, YouTube canceled you. They basically stoned you to death. That's today's version of stoning you to death. Let's stone Tommy for daring to talk to these credible scientists the most that credible. contradicts, right? The apex. I know exactly. <laughs> that somehow contradicts a, a a a narrative that has been fixed by some anonymous person somewhere, and who's now been given the power of the switch, right? And so let's just stone Tommy to death. Let's just eliminate him. We want. We don't want to disagree with Tommy. We don't want to you know slap him on the wrist and say be careful, or we don't even want to slap a label that says. Hey, here's another way of looking at it. No, let's just obliterate. Let's just like stone this kid to death, right? That's not Christian because Jesus stepped into that scene and he said, he who is without sin among you, be the first to cast a stone at her. Those words define Christianity in my mind because in those words, we see the root of love and forgiveness. That no matter what we do in life, God is prepared to forgive us and to love us. And this cancellation mob represents exactly the opposite. So I will therefore say that this cancellation mob represents evil in purest form because it goes completely against everything God 
calls us to be and to do. And I'm really sorry, Tommy, but you know what? If history has proven anything, scientific history or the history of religion, the history of Christianity, you cannot, you cannot stone the truth to death. You cannot cancel the truth. You just can't. I mean, again, look at Christianity. We're learning it and right now. And word got to King Herod that, you know, some baby had been born who was supposedly the king of the Jews. He got all upset because he was the king of the Jews. He felt threatened. So what did he do? He says, go out and kill every baby in, in, in the area. And that was the massacre of the innocents. Heinous form of cancellation culture. And when that didn't work and Jesus grew up in their midst and was a bit of a rabble rouser, and himself was going against the consensus of his day, right? He was the rebel. He was the Tommy of his day, right? He was saying things that were true, but, the, you know, they, they uh, no, heads were exploding. Now, cancel him. Cancel him. Pull the plug. If he had been on YouTube, they would have canceled him. Cut it. Cut the feed. Seriously. Cut the feed. No, no am, I, am, I, am I making sense to you, Tommy? Absolutely. And so what did they do? They connived to get him crucified. And even when that didn't work, when he came back to life, this guy, this is a guy that just got under their skin. Just like, a mic we, drop. Can, yeah. Can we just get rid of this guy once and for all? Rises what did they do? From the dead. They, they turned their wrath on his followers. And, you know, they, the, that persecution remains to this day. So they hit, and the same with science. Every time, let's say, uh, Bruno, uh, let, let's say a maverick, uh, comes along and like Alfred Wegener, you know, who said, you know, the continents drift. And they're like, what? What? Continents don't drift. Con how can continents move? Continents have always been fixed in the positions we see them today. No, 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 no. They drift. But tell us how they drift. Well, I don't know quite how they drift, but they drift. Well, they crucified him. They didn't just say, you know what, Alfred, great, great idea. But you know what? Just go to the corner. We don't want to hear from you. No, no, no. Boom, they canceled the guy. The guy died in ignominy. The guy died depressed. And it wasn't until after he was dead that he was vindicated. And today, of course, the continental drift theory is dogma. Yeah. So every time somebody has upset the apple cart, even in the history of science, I just talked about the history of Christianity. Well, you see it mirrored in the history of science as well. Every time a maverick comes along and says something that upsets the consensus that upsets the, the zeitgeist, boom, cancel them. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work because sooner or later the truth comes out. So you just keep plugging along because nothing you have just said to me disturbs me. Because I know Malone. I don't know him personally, but I know, of, of course, I know of Malone. Sure, sure. You know, I know of people like Kaldorf over at Harvard who, who are very level-headed. Um, but today for whatever reason, whoever, the people who have the finger on the switch, you know, they don't want to hear it. And so they're, they're abusing their power. But so where, where are you on now? Where is this going to appear? BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, and there you go. primarily the, uh, the audio on Spotify, which I mean, hats off, they don't censor anything. So I love it. Yeah. It's what I'm trying. They're trying though. You know, they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan. Not Spotify. I mean, Spotify employees, but not not the. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I would no, imagine this. Spotify, yeah. No, thank goodness, Spotify is holding firm. 
but you you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. People yeah. within people within Spotify and outside of Spotify. If he dares say something that somehow steps on their toes, oh my god, they're you know, you know what? Years ago, I'm not in biology, that's more your field, right? But uh my wife told me of an experiment that was done. It's a kind of a classic experiment where you fed houseflies a bunch of caffeine. So you got them hopped up on caffeine and then you cage a bunch of them, right? So here you have a cage full of houseflies hopped up on caffeine. Well, if you snack, if you sneak up to the cage and you go just like this, bing, just like this, they go, ah! and the whole, the, the, the bunch would just go, they, they go, go nuts. They, they go, go nuts. I just, they're bouncing off the cage. And I, that's how I imagine this cancel culture. Yeah. That, you know, if somebody tweets or YouTubes or whatever, Instagrams, something that just, it's like, bing, and they go, ah! It's, 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 cancel them, cancel them. At the at the core of it, it's just like the fun of like rebelling. Like it's great to like I love standing up for the truth. I love interviewing people. But I mean, at the very core of it, it's not even this like noble odyssey. Part of me is just like I just like rattling the cage. Just I mean, yeah. it's, there's like a childlike in, interior that's just like I just want to rattle the cage. But I want to say is about what you're saying about cancel culture going against both Christianity and science. Is that's the beauty. It's a, for anyone listening if they're not Christian. It, well, it's anti-science. It's absolutely oh, anti-science. Yeah. And it's, absolutely. you know, I think about, I think about in history, right? Like, you know, Joseph Lister, right? And it's, yes. you know, cleaning, cleaning the surgical area. And all of a sudden his survival rate for patients goes through the roof. If we, you know, clean the area with alcohol and disinfect wow. the instruments. He went to America and gave like, went on like a, a tour, whatever the travel was at the time, like trains. And he was laughed at nationwide this idiot thinks if you dip your like you know your knife in like alcohol no it's when you're finished cutting up on one person wipe it off and go to the next and now if someone did that i mean we right even like even not to i'm not you know saints and sinners i'm not better than anyone but even someone like as you know down as a as a street living heroin addict knows like don't reuse the same needle like that's how much it's permeated no well it's safe for some people no one believes it's a flat earth there are things that at the time continental drift it's what are you talking about and then it's it's it goes so far in the future that it's not even something like abstract like like m theory or or super string theory where it's like well i don't even know which one's real it's quantum what's going on it's superposition it's yeah. things that are just accepted right we know we know things and to me that's how i always look at it as is it's the most unscientific thing to just say that's you know the idea of trust the science is the most unscientific thing <laughs> in in history what it's uh, what it is is it's you know i thought about this earlier i mean earlier in this conversation it popped into my head like what science is 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 it doesn't need a pr team it doesn't need anyone defending its position well my client says you know they're trying to dip around this that and the other thing science is this immutable it's just this it's the element right it's like the metal interior to like a sculpture made of like plastic and wood like you can take the flamethrower to it and you'll get all these different shapes as it sh gets down right and at first like continental drift i don't know why but you know you would say maybe i think the center of that sculpture is a sphere what are you talking about? You're like, I don't know. It just seems like we're burning off everything. And then once you burn off the wood and the plastic and the plaster and you chip off the granite, 
and you get to like a you know an iron sphere you go well that's the that's the truth that's the center you know we're hitting that with a sledgehammer no it seems like it's an iron sphere right <laughs> and then and then but so it's kind of like what popped in my head was um was world war one right it's these armies clash at each other it's an industrial they have industrial weapons never used before in history right i mean on a mass scale though right the maxim machine gun we've got the krupp artillery weapons i mean we've got the germans in their schlieffen plan it's we got you know biplanes we got gas and it's like oh boy this is the great war and what does yeah. it do like football players they come and they smash and they and then they dig trenches and they put up barbed wires and it just sits there. And you could say that that is the truth. You could say the truth was that was the, you know, the most potent form of warfare. There was no one saying, uh, don't do that kind of warfare. There's no one, not, there, no holds barred. It was, you have chlorine oh, yeah. gas, shoot it. Mustard, shoot it. Who cares? And it came right to it. And then that was the truth. And you could say in World War II, the truth became, you know, mass bombing raids, firebombing, right? Dresden or, you know, just atrocities, you know, the Holocaust. And then and then it shifted on August 6th, 1945, when we nuked Hiroshima. And then all of a sudden, the whole dynamic changed. You didn't see other nations saying, oh, that's cancel culture. We don't use nuclear weapons. No, they all were like, how do we get our own nuclear weapons? And then just like that, it changed from this world war of tank columns and troop transport ships and, and bombers and D-Day invasions to now it became the surgical Cold War where it was the chess move. And you, yeah. I would imagine that eventually it's going to, who knows with what, but it will be something as alien to us as the nuclear bomb was alien to World War II. And the truth changes, but there's no one holding anything back. It is the unbridled, right? It's like unbridled capitalism. Why is Tesla the most valuable company or the most valuable car company now? If you ride in one, you go, it's, it's just sexy. It's just, you know, <laughs> why does everyone have an iPhone? Because they're awesome. Like, it's just what it yeah. is. Why, <laughs> why do I have a Shure microphone? Why does Joe Rogan use it? It's just, it's the best price point with the best sound. It's what it is. And if you don't like it, make something better well if something can't you, you be can't made better it. if something yeah. can't be made better then it's because we've reached the truth so the point of this like whole rant yeah, so is and suppress the truth yeah is it it sharpens itself out right like a shark a shark has stopped evolving like before trees even formed because they're perfect right they're light on they're, they're light on the bottom so if you're below them looking up they blend into the light coming through the water they're dark on top so if you're looking down they blend into the abyss their fins are shaped perfectly to where they can use the minimal amount of calories to just glide through the water they are perfect and the reason why there isn't anything else is there's no no one canceled it there was no creature 400 million years ago that went well i don't know about that shark using its fins no the shark ate it the thing that was canceling it, it ripped it to pieces. Is there a lesson in there? <laughs> there is. There is. Just the truth will demolish you no matter yeah. what. And sometimes yeah. there is a lag. You might say, well, what about now? There's cancel culture, right? You were removed. They removed the sitting president. Well, they also burned Bruno at the stake. They also yeah. laughed at the guy with the continental drift. Yes. It might take decades. You might not see it in your life. It might take centuries. Like, I fully acknowledge that, like, I may not be vindicated while I'm here on Earth. Eventually, yeah. the truth bleeds through, and then yes. you might say, "What's the value of that if it doesn't happen till after you're dead?" Well, it didn't happen till after Copernicus was dead, right. but it does have value because 400 years later, I can look back and go, "Hey, he didn't see it work, but it eventually worked." 
So I know I'm in good company. So I know I just went on a whole rant there, but that's what it is. No, 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 no. And listening to you, Tommy, I think you're going to be the next Joe Rogan. I mean, you're so articulate for a young man your age. Seriously. And you're, no, no, good. No, good. I mean, you know, again, my Gen Z son is the same way. He's very passionate about things going on, but that's what you should be. You're a young man growing up in a messed up world. If you weren't passionate about things, especially things that are going wrong, I think there'd be something amiss about brain you. dead. You have to be, you have to be. But the last thing you, I, I enjoyed everything. And I bet shark thing I, I learned from you. That was awesome. I didn't know that about the sharks. I'll use that. I'll use that. But that last thing you said was the key. And that is you may not live long enough to see yourself vindicated, but that shouldn't be the motivation for you standing for the truth. You're doing this for the human species, for posterity. So that somebody who comes along, the new little Tommy uh, comes along, right? Uh, And wants to know, gee, should I say that or shouldn't I? Gee, shouldn't I? You say, you know, Tommy said it. Yeah, and they, they crucified him. They canceled him. But you know what? We now know he was right. And that emboldens the next generation to speak up for the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is not in vain to speak up for the truth. Um, Very famous uh, theologian Charles Spurgeon um, once said, the truth does not need defending. All you need, the truth is like a lion. All you need to do is let it go and it will defend itself. And that and that's basically what you're saying that you you interviewed Dr. Malone and these other people, and you should not have been canceled. Absolutely not have been canceled. That's just wrong. That's anti-scientific, anti-Christian, anti-everything. Um, but that should not stop you. I would have been very disappointed in you if when you got that letter from some anonymous apparatchik at YouTube. God knows who they are. If you had just folded it up your tent and said, eh, then that's that's the end. No, no. That's not the lesson we learn from human history. The lesson we hear, learn from human history is that these mavericks, all these wonderful, extraordinary mavericks who took a beating. You mentioned John Lister. Uh, in my podcast that just dropped today, I talk about the story of Ignis Semmelweis. It was very similar thing about wiping hands. I don't want to give it away, but if you listen to that, he was hammered. He was canceled. He was ridiculed. He lost his job at the Vienna General Hospital because of it. And worse than he he had a fate. And again, I don't want to give it away, but he he ended up being canceled in the worst kind of way. He wasn't he didn't just get a letter from YouTube saying, hey, you're off the air. He I mean you need you need to hear so all these mavericks, these what I call martyrs for the truth inspire us today to stand up for the truth not to defend it but to just get it out there and that's what your broadcast with dr malone was you weren't necessarily defending a point of view you were just broadcasting truth as as understood by these experts and and the fact that you were canceled i think actually actually enhances the value of what you did oh, it kind really of martyrs of what you've done no you you understand what i'm saying yeah. and so i don't look I, my mantra is speak truth in love you know there's some people who kind of like just want to batter you with the truth like you're you're stupid you're ugly you're, you're yeah. this and I'm you're that you're this, yeah. and, you know, 
and you know you're you're, the, you're a conservative you're a democrat you're a the liberal you're a pro, pro, progressive you're, whatever you're, you're one eighth austrian you're a racist you're a misogynist I, i've lost track already as i don't like, even know all these things that anything. i am yeah no yeah th these words don't mean anything we've pummeled the the, the meaning the uh, out boy of who these cried words. wolf yeah really it it's, means it's nothing yeah so so i don't i'm not one of them i i still like to have I still want to stand for civil disagreements. If we're going to disagree, that's fine. I mean, some fine. of my closest friends just don't share my opinions about various things. And I'm not like Jennifer Aniston, who declared a short while ago, well, I'm canceling the friends who, 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 what, not getting the vaccination or some stupid thing like that, just because they don't see things the way she sees them. It's this kind of very egocentric, me-centered worldview just because you don't see things the way I do, I'm going to cancel you. Can you imagine canceling your friends over a disagreement about the pandemic? How stupid is that? What every, kind of a friend is that anyway, right? Every Sunday I talk to Roger Williams, who's the author of my favorite sci-fi book, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. Roger is about 30 years older than me. I am conservative. I believe in God. Roger is liberal and atheist. And we excuse my French, laugh our asses off every Sunday together because uh, we talk and every once in a while you can see us getting a little hot under the collar and then he'll go, <laughs> this is your podcast and I'll go, agree to disagree and we show up the next Sunday because that that is an individual that like we see each other as we're just like disagree. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I feel like we want to punch each other but we're still, ultimately it's <laughs> like, and then I text him afterwards, I'm like, see you next Sunday and he's like, absolutely. And that is what drives things forward. And it's and I've said this before. It's not only not only should we talk. Well, Tommy, what if you're wrong about you know talk, talking to Doctor Malone or Doctor Well, first of all, that's why I had on the most published cardiologist in world history and the inventor of the mRNA <laughs> vaccine. You know, little side thing who worked for DARPA and the government right after nine eleven to figure this stuff out. But you know, I digress. It's but it's also like, what, Tommy, what if you're wrong? Well, then I'll eat crow. I'll be wrong. There will be a video of me saying continental drift doesn't exist. Hey, yeah. egg on my face. And you can yeah. you can make all the compilations and go look at this moron. And hey, you know, I'll be sitting there going, the, you know, the economy is never going to collapse. And it's 1928. Yeah. Like, you know, it's OK. I'll learn from that. I'll learn from that. It's, and then we will learn from that. I was a grad student at Cornell. Um, my best buddy was Brian. Uh, he was in the astronomy department and we would talk into the wee hours of the morning about physics and astronomy and math and philosophy. It was, it was, those were just really great times. We were both young like you and, and, uh, the whole world was ahead of us. Our whole lives were ahead of us. And, uh, I remember one time, uh, Brian and I were talking about published research and I don't remember where we dug up the statistic, but it, it rings true. And that is, do you know that more than 90%, probably way up there at 99, but I'll be conservative. I'll say more than 90%, nine, more than 90% of all published research in peer-reviewed journals ends up being wrong. So what is our attitude supposed to be to that? Should we go, go back now, track down every person who published a paper that ended up being right and cancel them? Should we ridicule them? Should we say, now nah, you eat crow? No, that's not truth in love. And so that's why, look, this podcast that I have, Science Plus God, with Dr. G, 
is becoming hugely popular. I mean, I'm getting messages from people all over the world. You probably do the same thing. And I, I have people of all faiths, even though I'm a Christian, I'm a scientist, and I talk about that, but I, I have people of all faiths listening and watching. And um, atheists, and they'll post things on my Facebook page and so forth and so on. And I always just, ha we have these most wonderful discussions. It's like you and your friend, uh, the uh, Roger, Roger William. Yeah. That is, that is the way it's supposed to be, Tommy. Because like you yourself said just a moment ago, what drives humanity forward is this exchange of ideas. If I just hoard my ideas and keep them to myself, you hoard your ideas and keep them to yourself because you fear speaking out or I fear speaking out. We don't want to interact. We don't want to share or exchange ideas. Then humanity will stagnate. We'll, we'll, we would still be in the Stone Age. Yeah. The way we move forward in science or as a society or as uh, a species is by exchanging ideas. You say something, I disagree. Why do you disagree? Well, let me explain. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you just said something about sharks I didn't know. So in that exchange, that exchange is critical. And what cancellation culture is doing is it's boom, shutting that down. It's shutting down that exchange. It's saying, no, you're not allowed to speak. We are not allowed to listen to what you have to say. That is why it is utterly anti-scientific, anti-intellectual, anti-civilization, and anti-Christian. It, it, it is just, I want to say that it is probably one of the greatest abominations that I have witnessed in my life. And I've been around a little bit longer than you have, but it is appalling to me especially because it's now involving science. You know, when I was a kid growing up in LA, the only thing politicized was politics. You know, when there were two flavors of political parties, you were either Republican or Democrat. That was it. It was the simple world. And, um, and then I started witnessing the politicization of religion, then the politicizing of sports, of entertainment, but I always said to myself, in my heart of hearts, I said, yeah, but science, they'll never, they'll never infiltrate science. You know, I pictured science being this fortress and the barbarians are out there pounding on everybody else's gates, right? Tearing down entertainment, tearing down sports, tearing down religion, right? Tearing down society, tearing down individuals, right? But I said, ha, 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 here in science, I'm surrounded by a fortress, impenetrable, what? And then I started hearing, well, math is racist. Science is sexist. And I'm like, what, 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 what? did I hear, what, what? <laughs> and I started reading this stuff and I'm like, no, no, this can't be. And then next thing I know, follow the science. And uh, like, it's as if it's a yellow brick road to the little wizard behind the curtain. Science, like you just said, it's the most utterly preposterous thing anyone could possibly say. Clearly anybody who says follow the science there's no the science. There's no yellow brick road. You know, given evidence, put 10 scientists in front of the same evidence and you get 10 different interpretations. There are any given time, there are many sciences. Yes, there is one, cons one consensus, but science is not politics. And that's the mistake. When you politicize science, you try to turn it into a politics. It's like majority mm -hmm. rules. No, not in science. Majority doesn't rule in science. 
the truth rules. And very often, in fact, the whole history of science is about how the minority won the day. Mm -hmm. The minority that bucked the majority ended up winning the day because they were in possession of the truth. The truth in the end ruled the day. So this to me is a living nightmare. And to see somebody as smart, as articulate, as reasonable as you are being canceled, you know, uh, I, I can't even put into words my outrage. And I, I, for one, am going to just continue standing and speaking truth, standing for truth, speaking truth with love. I don't want to browbeat anybody who disagrees with me. Bring it on. Um, I, I, you know, I'm often de- uh, invited to debates. And I have a new book coming out. So I'm doing a lot of media right now. Like today, it's wall-to-wall media, uh, which is why I'm, my time with you is limited. But sure. we'll do it again. Yes. We'll do it again. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're always at, well, why do you believe what you believe or whatever? And I just explain. So I, I don't see a discussion about science and God as adversarial. I'm not out to cancel somebody who disagrees with me. I'm not out to cancel an atheist. Look, if somebody has really thought through the situation, has really done their homework, and has decided that they want to become an atheist, who am I to say, yeah, fine, good luck with that. God bless you. Uh, and I don't see it as adversarial. What I see that I do, and I think you probably see what you do in a similar way, is I just want to share with you what I've learned in my journey on the chance that it might help you on your journey. So when you interviewed Dr. Malone or or the cardiologist and so forth and so on, that's all they were doing. They were just sharing what they've learned on their incredible journey. Why would you not want to hear that? Why would you want to cancel those voices? That's just pure evil. That is evil. We are in the, we are in the battle with evil. But here's the good news, Tommy. Liberals, conservatives, they're all now coming together and they're condemning this cancel culture. I hear it from all sides now, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually something I wanted to touch on because I know I got you yeah. for a couple more minutes is, right, we see the cancel culture, right? We see the mob, but it's I think it's very different than the mob that stones the adulteress. And it might not be. And this in itself could be something that I end up being wrong about, which is okay, because that's how we get to the science, right? So we get to the, the, the trench warfare. But it's with with it being a digital platform, right? It's like the it's like the Panopticon, right? Where it's like the, are you aware of the Panopticon? I didn't learn about it till this year, but it's for everyone listening, it's it's the watchtower in the center and then it's got a circular building around it and it's all the jail cells and the person in the watchtower can see everyone in the jail cells, but the people in the jail cells can only see, they can only see their own walls. They can't see anyone else. Yes. So, yes. so it's, I mean, there could be, let's say everyone in these jail cells, they all have a, uh, if you're in a football stadium, let's use a we I'm making this up as, as we go. You're in a football stadium, and imagine everyone has a panel, and one side is red and one side is blue. 
if in, you know, it can say, you know, red means you agree and blue means you disagree. And a question goes up on the big, I'm literally making this up as we go. And a question goes up on the big screen and says two plus two is whatever, you know, hold up red if you think the answer is four and hold up whatever if you think the answer is blue. Well, everyone can hold up their thing and they can look around and see everyone else's. And now are people going to be influenced by what each other say? Sure. But a lot, but you can also see firsthand what is everyone else saying? When you're in the Panopticon, let's say you're not in a football stadium. I'm literally making this up as we go. I love it. You're in the Panopticon and you hold up your red. You can't see what anyone else is holding up. And now what if the Panopticon person says in a little intercom that only goes to your room, they go, Tommy, you were the only one holding up a red panel. And you're going, oh, this is embarrassing. But what you don't know is that voice is being beamed into every single one of those cells, and they're all saying, you're the only one holding a red panel. And in the reality, the guy in the, the watchtower wants the blue answer. And so he makes everyone think they're alone. Now, if you're in a football stadium and someone goes, you're the only one holding a red, you go, I am looking around at a sea of red. What are you talking about? So I say all of that to say, in the digital world, is there really a cancel mob? Or is there five people going... <laughs> Everyone thinks this, and then what you can do with bots, it's very simple. This isn't a conspiracy. You can do with bots. You can go, huh, everyone thinks Tommy should be canceled, right? And then you have a bunch of bots going, I think that too. And next thing you know, you get one or two people are going, oh, well, I guess if everyone wants it canceled, I guess it is. But for all you know, 99% of people, liberals and conservatives alike, are going, no, let them talk the truth. So I think that we could very well be looking at not a monster, but a flashlight and somebody making a monster with their hand, it might be a paper tiger. It might not be real. And that's my hope. If I do say so myself, that was a good analogy. Well, that, that, that was, <laughs> oh no, that was not a good analogy. That was a profound analogy. And now you have me spinning now as we, as we wind down this potty. You did that to me. I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the day, Tommy, but whoa. I think that you have put your finger on something especially evil. Uh, is there um, a mob or is there yeah. not? Or is there not? And, you know, we, we're dealing with this issue in a, on a much broader scale with artificial intelligence mm -hmm. where now we're going to ask what is human and what is robotic. And what you're pointing out is on the Internet, it's very easy to, to disguise yourself as a human, even though you're a robot. And you can, in, in effect, instigate mm -hmm. or incite a mob. You can incite uh, cancellation uh, when there are very few. That is a, oh my gosh, Tommy, um, look. I know I got to let you go. I don't want to keep you over Oh, I know, but, uh, but what I want to just say to you in parting, we're not going to say goodbye because we'll do this again. Absolutely. I promise absolutely. you. Um, I, I pray that you continue being, you continue doing what you're doing. You're, you're, you're not a kook in any sort, in any sense of the word. You're interviewing all the right people. You're interviewing me, so how bad could you be? No, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, no, seriously, though, I, I really want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's more important now than ever before. Um, I think that it is no coincidence that you decided to skip med school and start doing this. Because your voice right now is more important than it would have been even five years ago. Um, and the fact that you were canceled by YouTube, I think you should, it's like a red badge of courage. I think you're in such good company now. <laughs> I mean, that you, you actually should make a button that says, I've been canceled by YouTube. And wear that proudly because 
it's not going to end well for YouTube. It's not. Uh, as I said, if you look at the history of science, if you look at the history of humankind, not just science, but humankind, you will see that those who spoke truth were ultimately vindicated. And those who opposed the truth were relegated to worse than footnotes in, in history. They, they, they did become the enemy of truth and the enemy of humankind. So what is happening to you right now, I think is only making you stronger, bolder, because you made the decision. You could have wimped out, but you didn't. I know. So you, you discovered how strong you are. You discovered how important this is to you. So um, let's talk again. In the meantime, I want you to know that when my son was here visiting, he wore your hooded sweatshirt. And actually, one morning he woke up with it on, and I said, you know what? You look so good in that. And he said, uh, he said, Dad, thanks, Dad. I really like it. Would you please tell Tommy how much I love it? Because it's also, he says, very comfortable. But he loves the design and the loves. And I promised him I would. So I want to end on that note. Thank you. You are an exceptional young man. You are an exceptional young man. I do a lot of podcasts, but I'm also very selective because my time is limited. And, you know, and I, I can't be on podcasts all the time. But I've told my wife, and my, my wife feels the same way about you, Tommy. You're someone special. And God has something very special in mind for you. He has a, particularly des a particular destiny in mind for you. And everything you're doing right now and all the trials and the tribulations and the left turns and the unexpected twists and turns in your life are all part of your journey. And you will discover one day, maybe I'll still be alive, but you will discover one day that all of this that you're going through right now was essential for you to achieve the destiny God has in mind for you. So God bless you, my young brother. I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. And I will, I know I've kept you, I'll email you for the next one. And on closing remarks though, is that your new book behind you? Believing is seeing? Oh yeah. It's called believing is seeing. And the subtitle says it all. A subtitle is a physicist explains how science shattered his atheism and revealed the necessity of faith. It comes out on September 7th. I'm so excited because it is right now. Number one, in the Amazon hot new releases in a variety of categories. Number one, number one, not number two, number three. Thank you, Tommy. And it has also been uh, nominated for two prestigious book awards. But whether I win or lose, um, I'm just so honored. But, you know, more importantly than any of that, um, and, I, and, I, and I do encourage your listeners and your watchers to, your viewers to buy the book. Why? Because it deals with all the things we've been talking about today. It deals with... Uh, the culture of facts over feelings. It deals with the, cult, the cancel culture. It deals with worldviews and what's at the center of people's worldview. It talks about titanic moments, those moments in your life when you think your whole world is just falling apart. What do you do then? How, how well equipped are you to cope with uh, moments like that? It talks about my journey from atheism to Christianity and everything in between. It talks about how faith is the foundation of everything, not just of religion, but of science and astronomy and mathematics even. And at the end, I have a, a quiz. It's called Put Your Faith to the Test. And so I'm, I have really high hopes for this book. So if you're a young person like yourself or you're a parent of a young person like you or a grandparent who's worried about their child kind of just being adrift in life, not knowing who or what to believe, this is the book you ought to read. Uh, it's my journey. I'm not trying to argue a point. I'm not trying to defend a point of view. 
I'm just sharing very much what I've learned in my journey in life so far, and I'm still learning with you, with the reader. All right. Thank you for yeah. allowing me to to talk about that. I'm really Absolutely. excited about it. And Tani, I, I everything I just said to you, I mean it, Thank and you, I sir. really look forward to our next time. So let's not let so much time pass, okay? I will. I will immediately send you a harassing email Please. after this. For everybody <laughs> listening, the end of life as we know it is, and you can buy it. It's on Audible. Get it, and this will be at Believing is Seeing is out on September seventh. Doctor, I prefer Gian, so I'm going to keep calling you Gian. Yeah, Doctor Gian sounds fancy. Dr. Gian, <laughs> I will send you an email right after this when we can set up the next meeting. And I know I've kept you five minutes over and that's unforgivable. So I apologize. Thank you, okay. sir. God bless. God bless America. Keep telling the truth, everybody. Continental drift is real. Amen. Thank, thank you, Dr. Gian. Recording God stopped. Bless. Goodbye.